Hey guys, this is Rian for the Baseline Podcast. On today's episode, I get to talk to a really great friend of mine, Nick Pappas. He is the owner of Balance Health and Performance Sports Cairo in Sydney. These guys are so incredible and it was such an honor to get to sit down and have this conversation with Nick. They were treating me when I was in Sydney over uh, the duration of me being competitive in CrossFit and the service that these guys gave me was just, you know, beyond words. They always had a plan. They helped me with treatment. They helped me with being ready for competition. They helped me uh, have protocols set in place to prevent injury or niggles or, you know, they just delivered such a high level of service and it's one that I haven't been able to find here in Brisbane. Um, But on this podcast, I get to talk with Nick about, you know, how balance came to be, um, you know, running a business, being a business owner, also educating staff members, treating athletes, treating general pop, you know, what should people's expectations be? And it was just, it was really, really great. Um, also, you know, we drop a little bomb, uh, in the middle of the podcast as well, uh, specifically for all our people here in Brisbane. Uh, so keep your ears out for that guys. But yeah, like I said, such an honor to talk to Nick and I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. Thanks. just get started on your story and how you kind of created balance and what that kind of looks like. Is firstly, thanks for having me on. No worries. Um, you know, like, uh, I suppose you've worked with us for God, years. I, yeah. <laughs> I reckon maybe 2000. I think I started to see you guys late 2017. Yeah. yeah. It's like getting up to three years and I know that you moved up there. So I'm sure you're missing us. Oh, I, I say this all the time. Like I spoke to James not long ago. There's just, there's nothing here like what you guys offered in Sydney. And I've, the closest that I've been able to get is working with an EP, but they don't do treatment. It's like, you know, we do like um, different uh, re- like rehab work, but it's not treatment work. And I have just not been able to find anything even remotely close to what you guys did. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. That's a huge compliment. I'm sure you've searched and uh, I know that you're, what your standards are like. Mm-hmm. You're not about to, you know, murder just anyone. Yeah. Uh, as we know that that's at best ineffective. So, you know, firstly, thank you again for that. Um, <laughs> no worries. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, like I suppose in 2013, this all started essentially when um, I realised that, I suppose it was a mutual realisation, um, a, a mutual realisation of me and my boss realising that I wasn't exactly working well under him. Yeah. And, and... Uh, at that point, I had been working pretty, pretty extensively with athletes, pretty extensively in a, as a typical clinic with no gym equipment, just treatment room, a treatment table, and some bubbling cream, and that's about it. <laughs> and um, that's, pretty sta- that's pretty standard for when you know you go to the Cairo. That's exactly what most people expect, and that was for sure. I had seen multiple Kairos before I'd come to you guys and it was exactly that same kind of treatment. And I would kind of always, you walk out feeling immediately relieved, but within a few days, the symptoms were coming back again and there was no real like longevity in the treatment that I was getting. 100%. And I think um, what I started noticing when I was working at that clinic and my experience over over there was like I was treating, I was working with a major truck driving company. So I was dealing, I was working with a lot of truck drivers, which was, a, you know, specific niche in itself. Um, but also 
um, athletes and those particular athletes, what I, what I started, especially when I started receiving crossfitters, they would come to me and they'd be like, Oh, I'm getting pain when I'm doing pull-ups, for example, anything upper body or barbell related Mm. would be extremely hard for me to say, well, let me have a look at that. Have you got videos? Mm. Have you got this? Have you got, and I'm kind of relying on, I suppose, information that's not real time. Yeah. That was super frustrating. Yeah. Also, also highly ineffective. Yeah. Um, and although like they could tell that I was trying and I think that's why they kept coming back to me. Mm. I was, I I remember getting one guy to do an overhead squat with a vacuum cleaner, you know, like, (laughs) like like, I I was trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm like, Oh no, hang on. Empty the dust out of that one. (laughs) Oh, the squat changed completely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, eventually I decided to be like, right, this isn't, I, I was getting, I was getting busier and busier and busier. And I suppose at my last, without talking ill of the last place, cause I learned a lot there mm-hmm. in 2013, we came to a mutual, a mutual sudden ending of, uh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So the conversation didn't go like that. It was really more <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't as, as nice as that, but, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, it was the right, it was the right call. And, and I was sort of left on my own and, uh, I didn't mind because, mm. you know, I felt free and yeah. it was time for me to start my own. Yeah. At, at that point in 2013, I was pretty, I was still only about two years, two and a half years out of uni mm-hmm. and it was time for me to start a business. And I just thought that starting the business was all about getting patients and treating them and fixing them and doing that again and again and again. Yeah. And, and for the next three years after that, that's what it was. Yeah. You know, I teed up with a guy in Castle Hill, whose name is Matt and he's like, yeah. And he had a gym. And one of the reasons I wanted a gym was so that I could see the movement real time. Mm. Um, and it was like liberating because I got to see, moving with yeah. weight loaded and if it was time for their rehab do their rehab like specifically to how they needed it not with therabands attached to the wall yeah you know it was like you know your rehab's with a barbell because you're using a barbell yeah um it, it's and- funny because it, i mean it's the same thing like you guys treating injury it's the same thing when someone comes to me and they're like oh i want to learn how to squat and it's like okay, well, I need you in front of me real time so I can see exactly what's happening so I can make those corrections. It's exactly 100%. the same. And, you know, like it, it's, oh, I think it was the fact that the guy that I paired up with, Maddie, mm. his knowledge of movement was really good. He had done CrossFit. He wasn't a CrossFitter, but he was, you know, training Joe Blows that needed, yeah. to, that needed to just move. And like, and when I say Joe Blows, I mean, people that are sedentary that are not athletes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's the day it's, it was great to have him by my side because what would happen is I would spend the session treating them mm. and then I'd just end up moving them to him and yeah. he would then spend the next half an hour moving them. Yeah. And before we knew it, we were a bloody great team. Mm. So, so great that when, between 2013 in 2016 we opened up six clinics and we went straight to seven for business yeah it was like it was like a very sort of abrupt acceleration for any business mm. and before one knew it we were completely inundated yeah completely i was probably pumping out 80 hour weeks and <laughs> yeah yeah my yeah. face <laughs> Is it, it's only sustainable for so long. Uh, I was cooked. Yeah. I was cooked. And when I say cooked, I mean like I would be going to sleep at about 11.30 and waking and my next patient was at 8. Mm. So, and then I wouldn't finish till 8. And I'd get home, wind down 
Yeah. And then treat the next patient. So it's like, I remember leaving the clinic and I'm like, my next patient. And like, I remember this, not all the time, but I remember just going, my next patient is in 10 hours. <laughs> I literally have 10 hours between now and when I have to treat another person. Yeah. Yeah. And no one was going to help me. No. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, so I'm just, I'm actually just <laughs> funny story. I just couldn't find a place that's uh, quiet enough in the, in the, in the gym. Yeah. And I'm actually, in, I'm actually in the kitchen. Oh. So, <laughs> but there's a PowerPoint and I'm kind of. Got like a up. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. I've got, I've got plates and dishes around me, but we're doing this. <laughs> I'm sitting on my, I'm sitting on the pool table with all the washing on it. <laughs> Oh, perfect. And here is a prime example of what the pool table gets used for. <laughs> There's no pool playing in this. It's just, it's just where all the dirty clothes and clean clothes gather. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a folding station. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and so, yeah, like, it got to a point where there is, like, and I can only say this in hindsight, now that I look back and I'm like, firstly, I was psycho. Like for me to be able to do pull those hours, I know, it's still crazy. be, yeah, still be a nice, good person. <laughs> still be someone people want to come and be treated by. <laughs> I think, I think the, the sad truth for me was that I wasn't, mm. I, I was, uh, I got to a point where I was pretty brutal. Um, yeah. to my team and to, and to people that I was meant to be caring for. And it got to a point where I became quite cynical and mm. overworked, stressed. And um, it got to a point where uh, something had to change. Yeah. And that, that sort of breaking point was, I kind of knew something was wrong. There was one time I was at regionals. Yeah. Uh, CrossFit regionals. And I, I was looking after, I think I was looking after eight individual athletes. Oh my God, one individual athlete at regionals is like too much. <laughs> and, you know, like when I remember, I remember like I let, I let, I just, I let them all down in the yeah. end. Yeah. Because I was running between, I couldn't, I just couldn't give the right person the right attention at the right time. Mm -hmm. Regionals, it's, I'm specific. Yeah. But when you've got competing athletes, it's all, it, but there's also that, that, that sentiment of why are you helping the guy who's coming second and yeah. I'm fourth? Yeah. It's like even that is weird. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was just um, I remember there were some, there was a couple of athletes that in the end were just like, don't worry about it, Nick. And I was like, Okay, letting Can't people down. Swallow. Yeah, I was letting people down. Yeah, and slowly, um, the point in the end mm. was um, was I was about to lose my business. Yeah, and I grew I grew fast enough that I was so fixated on meeting patients and looking at athletes and going to these events and doing the work mm. that I had nineteen staff members running around me. Mm. I was the busiest one. Yeah. And delegation. we had, hey? Hard delegation. It's hard, um, eh? Well, the patients don't want to see them. Yeah. They didn't want to see them back then. But do you think that with that, like, I mean, there's, that definitely happens and it occurs, you know, all through like the fitness industry as well. People get to a certain point and they want a certain person, but it's like that level of education that you have passing that on to the people that work with you? So people that people like James, mm. like that guy's a superstar. <laughs> Greatest dude ever. Like, uh, you know, I've got, and you know, I've got a, a like uh, my entire team is, yeah. is moving towards that. You know? Yeah. Every year we're just leveling up more and more. Mm. I suppose my people around me when I was in the first three years of business were just saying to me, stop, growing so fast mm. i was like what are you talking about 
I don't understand. And literally what they mean, well, one of the things that it means is it takes time to train people. And I, I wasn't giving them that time. Mm. I was just hoping that they would be good enough, licking the patient that I couldn't handle yeah. anymore. And they would just leave. Yeah. And um, I think my greatest lessons were my greatest lesson and turning point in my career, business career, mm. was when I just went, I'm not treating anyone. Yeah. And that must have been so hard for you, like to let go of the reins. And then also on top of that, like trust that your employees are going to still be able to give the, the patients exactly what you want them to and deliver all of the results and everything. You know, that's, that's so hard to do. It still is. <laughs> um, and when I, when I say that, I mean, like I've got a great team, mm. but there's that thing inside of me that's like, but I would do this. Mm. I do that and, all the time when I'm coaching. <laughs> yeah. Like if you coach with someone or someone that isn't, you know, they've just started, it's the same thing and you're working in a gym with them and you, you want, like my biggest thing is that I believe in trying to educate other coaches and do all of that. Like as much as I can, anything I have, I want to give to other people. Awesome. So we can like all be, you know, on a different level, you know? Um, but yeah, there's that, there's a certain part of you that goes, oh, why are you doing it like this? Just try, maybe do it like that. But you also, it's like, they need to learn too. And so I get 100%. it. I feel you. And, and, and it's, it's definitely like, it's not easy. And no matter how much you want to jump in there and can't, because they need, they also need a safe place to fail. Like you failed. Yeah. You know, like I failed, we yeah. all failed, but, and we're still failing. But as long as the place that they're failing is safe, you've got them, they mm. fail. Mm. You know, like if, it, if it's catastrophic and what they're about to do is damage something, yeah, you need to intervene. Yeah. But, and at that point, I don't care about their learning process. The, the, the learning process was that I saved your ass. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, I suppose the, you know, as much as you can, provided them a safe place to fail so that they can make the mistakes Mm. a client or a customer complains is a learning process, an opportunity for yeah. them to realize, Mark, okay, this is what I need to do. And uh, I think we get caught up in the idea that everything needs to be replicated and be perfect. But I think it is, is to create a safe haven mm. for practitioners and patients to come and just be themselves Yeah, because they're not going to progress. If they're not themselves. Well, and I think that was the other thing that I really valued about you guys as well when I came to see you was, I mean, I've been to other chiros and I'm like, listen, I do CrossFit competitively and they're like, oh, well, you should stop that. And you're like, it was that, it was that constant kind of battle that I had, you know, between being treated and also being told that I shouldn't do what I'm doing. And it's like when I came to see you guys, I was like, this is what I do. And you guys were like, awesome, let's do it better. You know, let's yeah. have it not hurt. Like, how can we make you better at the thing that you want to do, not stop you from doing that thing? The point is to just without judgment, allow the patient to be who they are. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a level of vulnerability for a patient to even decide to work with me. Mm. That, that process of being in pain, being in denial about it, getting the shits with it, mm. seeing like, oh, if I do it this way, it doesn't hurt. Like that whole grieving process, that's the, the five stages of grief that every patient goes through they hurt themselves. There's actually a point. They have to go through a mental, psychological process to get to the point where they decide it's time for me to get treated. Mm. The process of looking the website up, Asking people, who should I see? Who should I see? Blah, blah, who's good? Who's not? Who can I trust? That process is a, like someone else is put, sticking their neck out to yeah. recommend. Yeah. And, then, um, and then for you to then go to that place with an expectation that you looked up. Yeah. 
and then be let down and be told that, no, this is, you need to change your entire life. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> I'm here to, yeah. And, and, and that's a very, um, that's actually a very delicate point. Yeah. And um, it needs to be taken with great privilege and gratitude for you know, that this person has chosen you to mm. look after them. Yeah. You know? And I mean, yeah, like I said, that was, that, I feel like that was just something that you guys did so well. And I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even, even actually know how I got to you guys. <laughs> I don't know how I started. I think, no, actually, I think it was the guys at Bondi when I started coaching there and I was having issues and they were, I think it was Trent. Trent recommended me to you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then obviously, you know, Nicole, she also had been treated by you for years and stuff like that. So you guys did come very highly recommended. And I, yeah. in my head, the same thing, that whole patient process, I'm like, are they actually going to be able to help me or are they going to tell me the same thing? Am I going to have the same issue that I've had with every other person? And, sure. you know, immediately when I didn't have that, I was like, Yes, yeah. finally, someone who's listening to me. And I think, um, I think now, like, and that's so, like, it's so reassuring. Like, you heard from two separate places, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when you, you know you're doing something right when you're hearing the same recommendation from different people. Yeah. And this has happened to me heaps of times um, where patients have been told. There was one situation where a patient like someone was talking to someone else they were like no nah, you should see my guy and they were like no 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 you should see my guy <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny hearing some of these stories and it's it's actually really heartwarming but you know you're doing something right when people are recommending that yeah that that whole process is not a logical process that means that some they are satisfied something yeah. their expectations were met it sounds like the only thing that you didn't want was someone to tell you to stop. Yeah. And the, the minute we just allowed you to be who you were, it didn't even matter, it sounds like, at that first moment, did it really matter to you whether we knew what the fuck to do? Yeah, it was more nah, just not at all. It was like, it was like the second you guys told me that like, there was no like, don't stop CrossFit, don't do this, don't do that, don't lift heavy or whatever it is. The minute that you guys didn't say that to me, I was like, these guys are gonna work with me on whatever I bring to them. They're not gonna turn me away and be like, no, don't do this or don't do that. They're gonna be like, okay, well, how can we make this better? And I think that was the, like, that kind of initial, like response for me, yeah, it was like, it didn't even matter whether you treated me and I immediately felt better or not. It was just like, I felt like I could trust that you guys were going to help me in the long run because this was something that I was going to continue to do for years. So I knew there was going to be points, especially when you're training at such a high level that this, I'm going to have injuries. There's these things are going to come up. It's really hard to prevent ever having any kind of injury or niggle you know so it was like I didn't yeah I didn't feel like I was going to have to just go somewhere else or get you know treated by three other people or whatever it was it immediately felt like I was going to be supported no matter what I brought to the table and and here we are we are balanced with the performance we're you know four locations across Sydney we're working two of our locations are inside gyms yeah like this is this is the whole point and the whole point is for early intervention, providing great support and a, just a, just a judgment free understanding and acceptance of what the problem is and how to get you better. Mm. That's literally all we do when we mean making a difference to people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny cause like, I mean, the athletes are high maintenance, but I remember when I did my knee the second time, <laughs> I was at Bondi. I was working at Bondi CrossFit and I um I did my knee and I like I was in the middle of a class and I was like, oh my god, what have I done? And I immediately text James. This was at like maybe quarter past seven at night. And I'm pretty sure he had just finished like his last client and I immediately text him and I was like, I can't walk. 
I don't know what to do. And then he was like, come, come to the clinic. I'll have a look at you right now. He's like, we'll put some needles in, like blah, blah. No hesitation, not even a single second of hesitation. He was like, come here right now and we will have a look at you, you know? And it was just like that constant. So even like when I was doing the open, like treating me to be able to do redo workouts, like within a really short period of time, like, and when people, when people talk about like support or, you know, treatment when you're training and stuff like that, knowing how committed you guys were to delivering that for us, like, it's just like whenever someone's like, oh, who should I go and see? It's like there's not even like a second in my brain. I'm like, go to balance. I'm like, go to balance right now. Just go there because I know 100%, not only are they going to help you with whatever issue that you've got, they're going to support you and they're going to do everything that they can to help you get better. You know, again, like it's the fact that you had this experience and, and, like that you've seen my team, mm. you know, uh, is just reassuring. It's like in, an incredible, um, an incredible, I suppose, testimony, you know, like I really, really appreciate that. And I know that you're not doing it because it's a favor. You're doing no. it because it's true. I know. Like, I, like I, it, the thing, my biggest thing is, it's like when I, when I really value something and, I believe in something. It's like, I will tell everyone (laughs) I will tell because I want, if there was another athlete or doesn't matter if there is an issue, I want you to get the best help that you can. And so for me, that was you guys, you guys helped treat me, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't just Cairo that, do you know what I mean? There was, there's so many other aspects to the services that you guys delivered and like, you know, you, your team is, I could go and see any one of them and I felt yeah. fine. I felt yeah. like I was okay. Obviously, I worked primarily with James, but there were times where obviously he was too busy and I, was, I would be like, hey, do you have anything tomorrow? <laughs> Fit me yeah. in. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, I can't, but you can go with so-and-so. And it was, I always was like, cool, that's fine. Like, I all, you know, he would come in, he'd be like, do this and this and this. And then, you know, he was always a Still going. Board. And that's something that, you know, obviously came from you and that environment that you have created and you've helped kind of, you know, thrive with your business and the service that you guys deliver, which is just, like I said, I can't find it here in Brisbane. Yeah. Well. We'll talk about that soon. The, 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 point, the point is, though, is, is I think well, you said something that it's not just the treatment, mm. not just the service. It's um, like part of, like a big part of, we've got what we call a patient promise. And that patient promise is literally we promise to deliver to every patient. Yeah. Get, get to know them, find the call, and follow up, mm. and just make a difference to everyone around you. Because yeah. together we're stronger, right? Yeah. So um, one of the major parts of follow-up mm. or get to know you is being accessible. Mm. It's like the last thing you want. Look, personally, I'm probably very accessible across social media platforms and whatnot. Yeah. But these days I'm probably less accessible for patients. because If yeah. I look after my team, I don't yeah. treat patients. Yeah. If I look after the team, the patients get looked after. Why would I worry about a patient? Yeah. Sounds pretty like harsh, and but otherwise, if I say yes to one, I'm completely fucked. Like yeah. I will get inundated. Yeah. Um, but I think and you're you're the best thing that you can do is teach everyone how to do what you're doing. That's it. That's literally my 100%. That's why I sit, my, my spare time is literally creating a conceptual framework on how to make the decisions I used to make. Yeah. That I still make. Yeah. But like I've put together the clinical Kickstarter on how to be able to break down something in mechanical assessment. What is going wrong with this person? Mm. It's not a disc bulge or it's not a, like, I mean, there's injuries and you've got to diagnose them. That's, that should be bread and butter for anyone. Mm. That's a problem. 
now. And if you can't diagnose, then you've got to go back to school. Yeah. It's, I'm pretty harsh on that. That's the truth. Yeah. But then when, when you're treating someone and it's not a diagnosable issue, it's not a disc, it's not a joint, it's not a this, it's not a tear, mm. it's not, doesn't need surgery. And then these patients are the ones that go to practitioner after practitioner. It's like, what the, what is like, can't anyone figure this out? Yeah. So I've, like, I have put a methodology on how to break that down. It's like, do you think so not, that yeah. some people are, I mean, I've had, I've, I mean, I've had people go, I don't know what's wrong. Like, yeah. I don't know how to help you. And you just, I remember I had for the longest time, I reckon maybe four months, I had severe nerve pain down my arm. I couldn't mm. hold on to a pull-up bar. I like, I just would get like tennis elbow or golfer's elbow, whatever it is on inside of my arm. I just had the worst. I couldn't, it got so bad to the point where I could not sleep on my shoulder. And this was prior to being with you guys. Yeah. And I was just like something's and I was being treated every week so I could continue to train. And it was just like, we'll just release this. We'll release that. Does that feel better? And I'm like, I guess like, and then you'd get, you know, the standard, you know, rehab work and it just wasn't going away. It wasn't going away. And I was like, something is fucking wrong. And yes. I was like, can you tell me what is wrong? And they were like, oh, I don't really know. Like, you know, you just, you know, it's probably just a bit of compression. And I was like, I'm just, can you give me a referral so I can go get a scan so I can know exactly what's wrong. Cause I feel like it's up in my neck. And yeah. I went and got the scan and the surgeon was like, just, you know, chill out for a little while. Don't do anything. He called me within 20 minutes and he was like, you have completely snapped your first rib and it's disjointed. Oh. And he yeah. was like, you cannot put your arms above your head yeah. because it can puncture your lung. And yeah. I had been being treated by someone for three to four months and at no point, did they tell me that? And it was like, I could have at any point put my arms above my head and that had slipped and punctured my lung. You know what I mean? And it was just like that inability to be like the process, the process of diagnosing the issue and then taking the appropriate action. It just didn't yeah. happen because I was yeah. showing up every week and I was paying them. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know? And that was, uh, again, so this is like the history that I've had before I came to you guys. And I even remember when I did my knee, James was like, this is what I think based off of the tests that I've done, this is what I think the diagnosis is. But he's like, you need to go tomorrow and get your knee scanned. Yes. And then once I have that, obviously, because I had a history, I've had a knee reconstruction before. He goes, once I have that solid evidence of exactly what's happened he goes then we can yep. get a plan from there i've um look there's a lot of there's a lot of um i suppose research we call it we've all heard of placebo mm. um but there's a there's the opposite concept yeah and and that's you know where placebo is a non-specific beneficial effect nocebo is a non-specific mental effect yeah me saying your knee's really bad automatically makes the knee worse yeah uh, and that's, we call that a nocebo effect. Now, yeah. there's a lot of literature and some thought and some research around the nocebo effect associated with getting an MRI. Mm. The long-term detrimental effects of getting an MRI and whether that diagnosis stays with you. Yeah. It's lots of different associations inside the brain of like the emotion coupled with what happened coupled with what's wrong with it, coupled with what I'm not going to do from now on, mm. essentially hinders the long-term recovery of the patient. However, that so some people go to the point where they don't diagnose, mm. they don't diagnose and they don't scan unless it's going to significantly affect the outcome. Mm. In both your cases, a fractured first rib and an ACL, that is like scan worthy, mm. must get a scan. Mm. You can't manage that shit without a scan. But then there are others that are borderline. So after 10 years, I can tell you that I've never regretted sending someone for a scan. Well, never. In Even my if it's case, yeah. In, when, when I went to James, I remember going, like I remember one of the boys, James, 
from Bondi. He carried me up there because I could not walk. And I, I was like, I can't do this again. I can't have another scan again. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, the, the immediate thought of having to ha go have an MRI and do, it was already a negative process in my head. And yeah. when I got there and I was talking to James and, you know, he treat and every, he, he said, he's like, listen, you're going to go get a scan. He goes, but as soon as you know, we are going to create a rehab program for you. You're going to have a process. And I immediately felt supported and like mm. it was going to be okay. Yeah. And I didn't get that yeah. from the other treatment that I got. Right. I just got, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's all good. It's all good. And then I'll, can I get a scan? Oh, listen, like, you know, you probably, I don't think you need one. Like it'll be fine. Like, and it was just like completely opposite that treatment. It's like that, that to me is just oblivious mismanagement, negligence. Like there's so many of my values, like it, it's not truthful. It's, mm. it's, it, um, it's not, it's not handling with integrity, mm. not doing the right thing. It's not making a difference. It's not even acting and thinking like a business owner. You are losing reputation every minute that you're denying the fact that you don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it, you know, um, I suppose my tolerance for this type of just ear incompetence mm. has just, is my, my tolerance is going further and further down. I suppose these days I'm a bit more reserved on how forthright I'm about that. Mm. but fuck it like i mean these guys are these guys are should be trained professional yeah like if would you'd expect your gp or your surgeon to be a little bit more specific about sending you right again mm -hmm. then why wouldn't you expect the same thing i've often i've often compared it to a mechanic mm -hmm. ah to the mechanic yeah and the mechanic wasn't able to solve it you're pissed off the first time mm. You take it and you're like, what? No better. Like, what are you going to do about this? Yeah. Right. And the mechanic is under pressure from visit one. Yeah. To fix the problem. Yeah. Like, why isn't there the same pressure on physios and chiros? Like, you know, like for me, it's like, well, you should be treating it the same way you treat your mechanic because the mechanic, if anything, the mechanics are worse off because. There's so many different models of cars, yeah. so many different modifications, so many different parts. Yeah. It's like their job is no different to ours. Yeah. Why do we get away with it? Yeah. Sheer negligence and they get away with murder. Yeah. Well, murder, but yeah, not quite murder. But yeah. They get away with, they get away with mismanagement very often. And I feel like, I mean, I, I think this is kind of a little bit widespread over the fitness industry in general as well. It happens with coaches too. It's, you know, coaches are neg negligent. They don't pay attention. They don't, you know, actually help people progress and get better. They just, like, I've had in the last couple of days, I've actually had a few new clients come to me and they're, like, having issues with lifting in particular and um, and they're like, I've asked coaches to have a look at me and give me feedback. And they're like, yeah, listen, it looks good. And it's like, but she's, <laughs> she's telling you she's getting back pain. Like, look a little harder. And if, it, <laughs> you, like, and if you can't fix it, then also give her an avenue where she can go and see someone who can look after her. And it blows my mind that it does not happen more often. I think, I think coaches are... This is the next part of, I suppose, the industry where more and more people are realizing that. Yeah. And, you, you know, you're probably, the, um, you're probably the exception to the rule if you can program for yourself and, and make progress. Like, I don't know many people that are just not, that are not trained in uh, sport or fitness or health that like they work in IT and then they just go to Anytime Fitness and get great results, yeah. right? Like I don't know anyone that <laughs> does that and everyone needs some programming. Like it's, it's, it's now the, it's now an important staple. Slowly yeah. we're going to, we're going to realize how much that truly costs on how long it takes you to actually program a six week block. I know. How long does that take you Riz? Oh, it's so frustrating when people, they, they, they have this, 
And I don't know if it's because the, the path that I ended up going down was that of, you know, and I feel like a lot of that was heavily based off the experiences that I've had as an athlete and training myself for the last 10 years, but also working with people like you guys that has very heavily impacted how I uh, look at clients and how I look at people who train with me and being able to steer them in the right direction. But when it comes to actually having proper progression, people don't understand what it takes to actually build you to a certain point where you kind of need to be, how you need to function, what are like the things that are really important as far of develop as far as developing you. And then they go and do uh, you know, a group class and they've never trained before. And then they're like, oh, my neck hurts, my back hurts. And I haven't ever done anything before, but I was trying to clean 60 kilos. And it's like, do you eat, have you even spent the time developing yourself over that period? Anyway, so <laughs> my biggest thing is like working with you guys and working with people like you guys has taught me the importance of building functioning bodies. So people, yeah can train to the best of their ability for the longest time possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that like, I, I honestly think that like, because it's such a, such a very important gray area between what you do and what we do. Mm. It's like, you know, like the problems are developing because of there are certain, like there are different elements. Mm. A lot of it is technical and then a lot of it is strength and conditioning and overload. And then a lot of it is, just them having a shit lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Which, and, and there's like so much, there's actually so much pressure that's ignored yeah. on the coach. Yeah. The coach, like coaching inside a, like having a cross gym would be very difficult because you've got highly functional movements or when I say functional, I mean just integrated movement, mm. compound movements yeah. in many different directions, happening very quickly in front of, and you're in front of 30 people or, uh, you know, however many people. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, let's coach. It's a hard thing to do. And people don't realize that either. Like, and, and this is where I've also found, like I've gradually, my strength is with, you know, smaller groups or with one-on-one. Um, because when you're confronted by a class of 20 people trying to get a touch point with every single one of those people, just for any coach, it doesn't, you you can be the best coach in the world. It's still hard work and there are still going to be things that get, you know, go under the radar or you don't see. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenging task, but it's also not prioritized either. A lot of the time, you know, people making sure that, movement is correct before adding load or before doing any of those things. And we see this kind of big, you know, onslaught of dysfunction where it's like they have pain just doing an air squat. And it's like, why is that happening? <laughs> why is that happening? And, and, and people think it's okay when, yeah. when it, it, it really is not no. okay. Like the, the amount of people I've had come to me and they go, Oh, it's just, I've always just felt like this. What? <laughs> You're like, what now? I'm sorry. I'm like, you need Am to go I... see someone about this. This needs to change. You know, you shouldn't feel like that. And that was the, and I think as an athlete, that was, you know, it was like, a, I, I think I had that conversation with James. I'm like, oh, that's how it's just always been. And he's like, ah, uh, it shouldn't be. <laughs> no, no, like, it should not. Yeah. And yeah. it was again, like that huge that process for me of learning like what the body should actually feel like, how it should actually move, you know, and that, that's been a process. And, but you know, my time working with you guys has been so valuable for me as a coach, you know, so it's not, you guys don't like, you haven't only just treated me. You've also educated me on how to be a better coach and what to look for. And, you know, so it's, it's hard to, when people they're like, you know, Oh no, I won't go see a Cairo. I'm like, you probably should. And not just for the treatment. (laughs) And and like, I think, I think this is, it's actually, you raise a pretty good point. And that is like, I don't want to see a Cairo. I've, you know, one thing, there's probably one thing that people say that I internally laugh at, but I actually feel sorry for them where they say, Oh, I don't believe in Cairo's. And 
like, you know, I don't believe in, it's like, I don't believe in magic. <laughs> I don't believe in the tooth fairy. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's right. Like, uh, and you know, like a lot of people ha- have reservations about seeing a Cairo mm. thing. And, and then that they, they have less reservations about seeing a physio because it's more mainstream or well-known yeah. and, and more established. Mm. Um, so instead of, they'll often choose a Cairo because physio didn't work mm. uh, or, and sometimes an osteo as well. Right. And I think at the end of the day, like I suppose, you know, in your experience, you've had, you've had us and you've had the pleasure of that as well. Mm. And in other coaches, like they've got the pleasure of seeing other people and they, they have like a connection with that person. Just start trusting the, yeah. Start trusting the person that you're seeing. Yeah. Because it comes down to it's not like at that point where you message James when you yeah. hurt your knee, that wasn't James as the chiropractor. That was yeah. James. Yeah. That was James, and James is the he's the qualified professional help. And I trusted I trusted that he was going to give me a diagno like a diagnosis that or point me in the direction of getting the best diagnosis I possibly could. And I also trusted that he was going to support me through that. Yeah. And, and that's got nothing to do with chiropractic. No. That's got, that's got absolutely nothing to do with Cairo. It's got everything to do with well, yeah, people the, like, the legend that he is. Yeah, people like you went to a Cairo for a knee and I'm like, there's, there's so much more to the treatment that you guys offer than just cracking my back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like the the, I mean, sure, like you get your you know you get your an adjustment or you get your neck cracked or whatever it is. But there was times where James didn't even go near my back. And and although the although getting your back cracked is like a a fun a fun uh, a fun part of the session, and everyone loves well, most people love getting their back cracked. And it's like, yeah. Good. Um, you know, often, often that's actually not the staple of the session. Often, it, I almost treat it like a reward. Mm. Like, oh yeah, now we're gonna, now we're gonna actually adjust this joint, and it's like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, my back needs it. It's like, but we've just gone through thirty to forty minutes of other stuff, um, and that includes education. That includes understanding your goals. That includes yeah. rehab. So I wanted to talk to, I wanted to talk to you about that as well. Cause it's so often people, their assumption is that I'm going to go to the Cairo and I'm just going to get my neck cracked, my back cracked. And that's what yeah. the Cairo is. Why yeah. is it that you guys aren't just that? Like yeah. what about what you guys do that, you know, it's not cause literally I remember, and this is why I was again, so just like, wait, what? What you're going to spend 45 minutes with me. Every other Cairo I've ever gone to, I get a five minute massage. They crack my back, they crack my neck and then I'm gone. Yeah. So why is it that what you guys do is so different to that? So Cairo's what Cairo, what Cairo's are, mm. are primary healthcare practitioners. Yeah. So, so what primary healthcare practitioners are, People that are able to differentially, we call it differentially diagnose. So we're able to distinguish between one problem and another. Mm-hmm. So as a primary health care provider, it is my job to be able to determine the difference between one problem and another. Mm-hmm. The problem is not associated with the joint. Then why the hell am I going to manipulate that joint? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That to me is like giving you antibiotics for a sniffle. <laughs> yeah or antibiotics for yeah for your knee yeah it's like but it's not bacterial yeah why are you advising antibiotics it's like saying i'm advising a joint manipulation mm. or your acl yeah it doesn't there's no point what like what the hell has that got to do with the with the ligamentous tear that requires intervention yeah you know and Part of, part of providing an evidence-based model, an evidence-based healthcare service mm. is, being, is 
teaching the team to be able to differentially diagnose the difference between a muscle problem, mm. a joint problem, mm. a nerve problem, and, and being able to then understand what that person requires to get themselves to have a plan and get themselves to actually move forward from it. Mm. They're obviously like I could about how we're different because yeah. like different like is it a strength and conditioning problem yeah. oh i just lost you is it a pain or an actual injury is it a long chain biomechanical problem oh no you can back um, <laughs> yeah so yeah, I'll, I'll start i'll say that again so is the problem a like is the problem a strength imbalance is it a strength and conditioning issue is it something the coach has a solution for? yeah is it is it the way, is it their behavior? Was it traumatic? Is there something that's injured? Yeah. Is it something that is long chain biomechanics? Like my shoulder's screwed, now my core's involved, and now my hips hurting. Yeah. How do you decide which way to go? And then once you decide that, mm. how do you get super laser focused on exactly what that is? And yeah. then the management process forward from that. Chiropractors yeah. and physios are not, not dissimilar. It's just they're just as bad in a different Mm. Um, but they realize that this process is too difficult mm. and they just keep it really simple. Mm. And here we have chiropractors that you've experienced of five minutes out you go, mm. snap, crackle, and pop. I call it cashing, no, cracking necks and cashing checks. But then they'd be like, oh, but come back next week and every week for the next six weeks. And you're just like, what? <laughs> so that we can create an addiction. Yeah. And, and then physios are, are, are just uh, are taking on a better but similar approach. And that is, oh, it's too hard to figure it out. Mm. So why don't we just all become generalists and give people the same five exercises that have back pain? Let's just give them glute bridges, dead bugs, bird dogs, uh, and who the fuck cares what else? And, and then that's going to solve the problem because that's the majority of what people come in with. And if it's harder than that, we'll just keep booking them in and trying because eventually they get strong enough and get better. Like yeah. that is the word, like, can, like that's not science. That's no. called laziness. Yeah. And I feel and, like it, yeah. it just, it's very, um, I don't know, when I think about, when I think about, anybody who would want to be treated or, you know, is coming in with an issue to be told like to have to pay a certain amount of money. And often I would have not even the Cairo, he wouldn't even release my back. Some other person would release my back. He would yeah. come in and be like, okay, cool. Crap, crap, crap. All right. I'll see you next week. And you're like, what? Who are you? I don't even know what just happened. Like, yeah. talk me through what is going on. And I know, I'm, yeah. you know, I want to know probably more than most people, but there was, no, there was no relationship. There was no understanding of the process or why am I coming back? Like, why haven't you fixed me? Like, what's going on? You know? And I, I, I just, like, it, it's really sad that this is so common. Mm. This is so, so common. It's getting better and better in Sydney, but I feel like Brisbane probably needs a solution. Oh God, I, 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 I dead set haven't even been to the Cairo because I'm just like already like preempting what the treatment is going to be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose. Um, would it make sense to announce it now, Riz? Yeah, I think now's a good time to uh, drop the bomb. We're coming to Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> and I think. Uh, like I'm really excited about it because you know, uh, patients like you actually like just people like mm. you, like it's not, not so much about you being a patient or a client anymore. It's actually just great quality people that just want great quality care. Mm. Um, I'm really excited that like my most senior staff member is coming up and she's going to be starting a clinic. We don't know where yet, but we're getting closer to that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like September, uh, we'll be I'm, rocking and rolling. I'm so excited. When you told me, when I said I wanted to do a podcast and you told me, I was just like, I am so relieved, not just for myself, 
but for everybody that I work with that I know that I can put onto you guys. Like that makes me feel so much better knowing that I can, you know, safely recommend. Cause I mean, you have people, they're like, Oh, should I go and see someone? And I dead said, haven't had anyone to recommend. So it's like, it, it gives me like a lot of relief to be able to say, listen, for treatment, you can go and see these guys. And I know that you are going to get the support and the care and they're going to help you with the issues. On top of that, if they're a client of mine, I then have a good relationship with you guys and you guys always communicate with me. You tell me what to do or what they need to work on. And that relationship's really important to me as well. So I was just so friggin' stoked. <laughs> you know, um, I, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that. And, um, you know, you've, I know you've met Jackie before and like, yep. she's extremely knowledgeable. She's so um, great. Yeah. She's very, very good. And um, I think in terms of um, support, I mean, you know, I couldn't ask for more, really. Yeah. really appreciate that, Riz. No, you're welcome. I'm just, I'm like, like I said, I'm a really big believer in when you get a certain quality of, like, service, like, recommending that to people and making sure that everybody knows, you know, because I think it's, it's hard at the moment because there is so much available, like people see a lot of stuff on social media and we're very heavily influenced by a lot of different things to be mm. able to give like solid recommendations like that for me is just so important. So I want to support you guys as much as possible, especially, you know, coming to Brisbane. So I just, I think that's, yeah, it's important because what you guys offer is, you know, genuine and, and not like anything we have here. I really appreciate that. And it is genuine. Um, we are, you know, I suppose my focus is that I can keep my team happy. And when I say happy, I mean like progressing, rewarded, uh, satisfied, enjoying coming to work. Mm. Um, and then like that just flows onto the patients. And, and like the whole point of this is to just progress the industry so that we can progress society. Yeah. That's, that's the point. And I think, you know, everybody understanding like this is coming from, you know, the top guy and what your vision is and why you are the way that you are and how you've created this. I think it just gives people a better understanding of, you know, what treatment should look like and, and the service that they should be getting. So it's very exciting. Thank you. We're, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be Oh, well, that's um, like, hopefully by the end of September, did you say? Probably by, probably by September. Yep, September. Yep. Um, mm. So if anybody is in Sydney, because I do have a lot of people in Sydney that listen, you guys can be found. Where are your locations, social media, all of that? So we're, we're in four locations in Sydney. We've got our Bondi Junction Clinic. Yep. We've got our Brookvale Clinic. We've got our Castle Hill Clinic and Penrith. Yep. So we're pretty spread out. Um, and then, yeah, obviously in the Brisbane one as well, but that location will come out soon for that. We're actually going to be doing a, uh, a bit of a, um, like a bit of a like sort of um, like a promotion thing of like letting us know who'd be interested in coming to the clinic. Yep. So I'll, I'll send that to you, Riz, and maybe you can um, let people know where, where we are and, and how to get in contact with us. Yep. Um, Instagram is Balanced Health Performance, and you can follow us on Facebook as well. Um, but Instagram seems to be just more accessible for these types of pages. Yeah, um, you're welcome to connect with me as well. So I'm Dr. Nick Pappas on uh, on Instagram, and you know, like the whole point for me is to is to educate and inspire people, um, and through balance make a difference to people's lives. That's 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 all I'm trying to do. And if and if you're if you want to be connected to that, then connect with us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You guys put up, you guys put up good stuff all the time. You're always giving out really good information, different like movements and like stuff that you, people can incorporate into their training. So um, for anybody looking for that, it's, it's definitely worth going and giving you guys a follow. Thank you. Appreciate no, that. 
plums. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. Well, hopefully, you know, we'll be in contact over the next couple of months while you're getting this all sorted. But um, if you guys have any questions or if there's anything you need to know, feel free to reach out to either of us um, or if you need to be put in contact um, uh, with Nick. I know that um, I just wanted to probably say as well, for any guys that work within gyms, if you guys are looking to sit in Brisbane, sorry, um, if you're looking to connect with a good Cairo, definitely reach out to Nick. Yeah, happy to happy to chat. Like that's that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs>